Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast, the podcast that will teach you to take your Shopify store and turn it into an automated sales machine with the latest marketing, email, sales, and social media advice, strategies, and tips from experts without the fluff. Your host, Caroline Balinska, the founder of JustAskParker.com, the only small marketing task agency for Shopify owners. With over 10 years experience in marketing, manufacturing, design, and e-commerce, she shares her knowledge and interviews the experts to help you in your journey to success. Now, here's your host, Caroline Balinska. Hi, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Belinska. And in today's episode, I'm speaking about emails once again. If you haven't been listening to the last three episodes, then you're missing out on so much great information about emails. I am very passionate and I speak about emails on a constant basis. I'm always discussing how important emails are for an e-commerce store and that if you're not doing email, then you're missing out on a huge potential amount of sales. The amount of sales that people can get from email is mind blowing in comparison to how much it's costing to send out an email. People are constantly asking me about running Facebook ads or Google ads. Those are all things that cost money to do. With your email, once you set up your email system, your email provider, then sending an email is free if you do it yourself. Might cost you some money if you actually get someone else to send it out on your behalf, but nothing in comparison to the opportunity of sales that you can get from it. In today's episode, I want to speak about the 30 mistakes I see people making with their email marketing and how to avoid them. And first of all, I just want to start off with discussing quickly just a little update for you on one of our clients. So a couple of weeks ago on episode 50, I was celebrating that I got to 50 episodes on this podcast. So I gave away five free consulting packages where I was giving people 50 minutes of my time to spend time with me one-on-one and learn about what they can do in their business. And people entered the competition and one of the winners was actually one of our Just Ask Parker clients. So I just gave it to, based on the leaving a review, we drew some names and one of them was Karen. She owns Eco Sustainable. She's based in Australia and she has a brand. Karen has a website and she sells all eco-specific products. So she has cleaning products, she has homeware products, she has toothbrushes, all sorts of things on her website. And what I did was I gave all the winners an opportunity to work with me one-on-one as I would with a consulting client that I would normally work with that pays me. I gave these people an opportunity to experience the same level of help. Now, Karen and I actually got on the phone a couple of days ago. So I wanted to talk about this today because I thought it was a really great part of the conversation around email. Karen was already doing a great job on her own and she she actually came to me about six months ago, started working with Just Ask Parker and she's gone through a situation where winter in Australia is her low months. She does live events, she has a website and winter is not a great time of year for her. And after spending the hour with her, 50 minutes on the phone with her, we actually came up with a very good solid plan to move her forward. And anyone who has worked with me knows that I'm very big on just choosing two or three areas to work on a few main key areas and sticking to those for at least three months. And what I mean by this is 
Don't sit there and think, I have to do Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. I also have to email. I also have to do this and this and this. Just choose a couple. Unless you have a big team, if you have more than three people on your team, then of course, add more to it. But if you are three full-time people or less, you really need a couple of things and do them really, really well. So what we came to with Karen was that email had to be one of her main areas. We've got other things for her, such as blog posting, because in her experience already, she's written some amazing blog posts and she gets a lot of traffic from it. So that's definitely a great area for her to be concentrating on. But email for her is definitely going to be an area where she can make a lot of money. We looked into her analytics while we were on the phone together and I found that she is She's gotten sales from her email. She hasn't gotten millions of dollars of sales, but every email she sends at least gets a couple of sales. And what that proves is that emails do work. Now, one thing I can tell you that Karen has not thought about, and I bet you, you listening to this might be an area of concern for you, is that Karen didn't realize that her emails had actually made money before. And well, I know, know that she knew that she'd made some money, but she didn't know how successful they had been. When we looked at her analytics, I found one email had made her around $680, nearly $700 worth of sales, and she wasn't aware of that. Now, the first thing that you have to do with that information once you see that is jump into your email provider and take a look at which email it was that made you that much money. If you're using platforms like Omnisend and Clavio, you can definitely find out this information. And by finding out which emails work really well and which ones don't, you can start to understand exactly where you should be spending more time and where you should be spending less time. So I just wanted to give you that update. Karen's now in a situation where she's got three main tasks to do and that's it. By doing this and sticking to a couple of tasks, it takes away the overwhelm. It also gets you focused and it stops you from looking at bright, shiny objects. If you are in the process of becoming a successful store owner, you're an entrepreneur and there's a very big difference between entrepreneurs and people that go and work at a daytime job and have no desire to become an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs are people who are much more dreamlike. They're much more passionate. They're much more, there's so many more things that come to being an entrepreneur that you don't get from the sort of the person that just works a normal nine to five job. And because as an entrepreneur, I can tell you, I'm in this situation. My friends are in this situation. I know a lot of people like this. We can get a little bit lost in bright, shining object syndrome. And this can become quite powerful and can cause quite big problems in us running a business. So this is an area that myself as a coach, I will constantly tell people to make sure they're not doing this. Make sure you're not chasing the bright, shiny object. And what I mean by that is stop thinking the next idea will be the better one or the next marketing idea will be the better one or the next Pinterest or the next Instagram or now there's this other thing called Snapchat or now there's this thing called TikTok. Stop chasing all those. It's not going to work. If you know who your customer is and you know where they are, then you know how to get in front of them. And I can guarantee email should be one of your three areas you need to concentrate on. If you go and concentrate on emails for three months, and if you do not get sales from your emails, then of course you need to check out what is going wrong in that funnel 
but then maybe you need to be doing something else. But I can pretty much guarantee 99.9% of people should be doing emails and you will get success from them. So that's it for the update about Karen's business. I'm wishing her all the best. I know that she is definitely one dedicated person and I've spoken to her on a personal level a couple of times now and that woman is really, really going to make an amazing business. She's already got an amazing business, but she's going to make it even better as she moves forward. So I'm very excited to see how she goes and if you jump into the Facebook group, she will be giving us some updates in there as well. So let's move on to 30 email marketing mistakes to avoid. Let's go through them. I've got 30 here. Let's start at the top. And the first one is a huge one that I'm seeing constantly, and that's saving up your email addresses to send emails at a later date. This is a huge, huge problem that I'm seeing on a very regular basis. And the biggest problem that I think why I think this is happening is that people think I only have five email addresses or I only have 10 email addresses. I don't care. I don't care if you've got one and I don't care if it's your mum. I want you to start sending emails immediately. There's no reason not to send them. Let's say you have one email address. Then let's say you get a second email address and then a third and then a fourth. And you're sitting there thinking, mm, not yet, not ready yet, not ready yet. The thing is, is that when will you be ready? What's the perfect number? And the perfect number is one because if you have one email address, that's one person who wants to hear from you. And by sending them emails, you start getting into a good habit. You start to come up with ideas. You start to look at which layout's working better. Everything, everything, everything in this world points towards you sending emails from the very, very beginning. So don't wait because it becomes stale email addresses. If you save up, let's say 50 email addresses and let's say it takes you a month to get them. Someone signs up on the first of the month, on the 30th of the month, you think I'm going to start sending emails now. And suddenly those people that had signed up before never got an email from you and they will be sitting there. A lot of them will be thinking, who are you? Why are you sending me an email? I can even tell you in my business, and it doesn't happen very often, but when it does, I have to laugh. Occasionally, I get people sending me an email saying, why are you emailing me? I never signed up for your list. And I know for a fact that they have because there's no other way onto my list unless you sign up. I'm not buying list where I'm putting people on a list and sending them emails. And a few times I've actually gone, hang on a second, I'm going to go and check this. And then I go and log into my system and I can see the date they signed up. I can see where they signed up. And it was not that long ago. And I have to laugh because I think to myself, if they're doing this after a couple of weeks or a week or a few days, what would happen if you waited a couple of months? So make sure you start sending emails from the second you start building a list. The second mistake to avoid is overhyping your subject line. So make sure that your subject line is eye capturing, make sure that it makes people get emotional or makes people think or makes people get intrigued. There's all things, sorts of things that I recommend that you do with the subject line. And in my seven day challenge, I give you ideas for subject lines, but don't overhype it. Make sure that it's not something like you don't want to say 50% off all our stock, and then when people click that there's nothing 50% off or there's one thing that's out of stock and there's nothing else available and it hasn't been available for six months or something like that, you don't want it to sound like a lie and overhyped. So make sure that it's actually true. 
If you do have one item that is 50% off and you say 50% off today only, then of course send them through to that item. Then they can look at other items as well. That's not a lie and that's not overhyped, but make sure it's actually truthful. The third mistake I see is not adding a preview text message into the section where it says preview text. Now that means that when someone gets the emails, they can see the name of the person is from the subject line and a little snippet of text to entice people to click. Now this is fantastic because maybe the actual subject line doesn't capture, capture their attention and maybe it's that extra bit of text If you're not using this area, then you're missing out on the potential of getting in front of people just that extra amount that you wouldn't have got them across the line for on the subject line. So always use that preview text area to add extra information. So if your subject is 50% off all items today, the next line can say limited time offer, or it could say our best items only, whatever you wanted to say, but it's just another chance to get in front of people. Number four is creating emails that are too long. So I sometimes see these emails and they just scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll. You sort of want to capture people's attention and really you only want to be getting the the right way, the actual right way is one call to action per email. But of course you can put more, but you just think of the smallest number of things that you can put into one email and then you write another email for more information. So keep it shorter rather than longer. Mistake number five is buying lists. Look, there's lots of people that will try to email you selling you a list that you can buy. Don't do it. As soon as you add these lists to your email provider, you will then be classed as spam because a lot of those email addresses will actually block you and you'll be classed as spam and it's going to ruin your URL, your domain. It's just going to cause you very huge dramas further on down the line. So don't do it. Build your own email list. Number six is sending too many emails. People ask me how many emails should you send? Now, the answer is send as many emails as you can before people start getting annoyed by you. Okay, what's that number then? Well, the actual number is anywhere between one and seven a week. Now, that depends on your business. I've got some clients that send one. I've got some that send two. I've got some that send five, but it really depends on your business and it depends on what you can get across. If you sell three products only or five products only, and you have nothing to tell them except to just send them on a Monday, here's this product number one. And then on a Tuesday, here's product number two. And then Wednesday, here's product number three. And then Thursday, product number one and Friday product number two, that's just going to annoy people. So don't do that. But if you could, if you've got three products and you could send them out a different email every day with really good information that's going to help them, then that is okay. So make sure that your emails are relevant and they're helping people. Mistake number seven is when the email focuses on the product and not the customer. Again, like I said about sending too many emails, if you're only focusing on the product and not focusing on what the customer wants, you're not going to impress them, even if that's one email a week. So sending one email every week where it's just like, look at my product, look at my product, look at my product, then people are going to get annoyed. What you need to be doing is you need to be saying, 
Here's the product and this is how it benefits you. This is what you will gain by using or buying this product. So make sure it's focused on the customer. What does the customer care about? about your product. What what relevance is there? Mistake number eight is not sending any welcome emails, especially in e-commerce. Send welcome emails. At least one. Three is the perfect number, but at least send one. So what I can say, and I've said this over the, the last three weeks, and I've said it in my email challenge, I don't want you to overwhelm yourself with trying to do too much. So certain things you can just do slowly. I'm going to explain that in more detail later on, but the same goes with welcome emails. Don't sit there now and think, oh my God, Caroline told me I have to write three welcome emails and my whole life is going to be on hold until I do those three welcome emails. No, I want you to set up one welcome email today and then put it on your list that you will create the other two. But creating three welcome emails when the rest of your business is not running efficiently is not going to make your business better. So welcome emails, while you should have three, do one now and then later on down the track, add to it and create your other two. So there is this very important area and this is why people that coach with me get this advice from me one-to-one exactly based on their business. But there is a very fine line between doing something right and doing something wrong. And it's about knowing when to do things in the right order and where to waste your time now and where to save your time. So I'm going to give you the advice Today, welcome emails are important, at least one of them, but then put it on your list for a week or two down the track to do your other welcome emails, but you should have three. Mistake number nine is email addresses are coming from a no reply email. This is terrible and I see huge companies doing this and it's such a bad way to do business. You should always have a reply email so they can just click reply and send an email back. Now, the types of businesses that do this that are very big, I can understand why they think that that's okay, but it's a really, really bad way to do service, to do customer service. And a lot of these companies that I see don't even have a big button in the email saying, click here to get to our help desk support. That is the bare minimum is what you should have. If you want to have a no reply email, then at least have a big button in the message saying, click here to go to our help desk support. If you wanted to go through a help desk. However, if you're listening to this podcast and my podcast is aimed at people trying to hit their first 10, 20,000 a month, if that is you and you're listening to this, trust me when I say you should have a reply email. Do not use no reply emails. It's just terrible on all levels, but especially terrible when you are trying to build a business. Mistake number 10, a little bit like mistake number seven, where your emails offer no value to the customer being overly promotional. So make sure that you're not just there saying bye, 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 bye. What I recommend is that you go and sign up for some of these bigger companies in whatever sort of area you're selling in. So for instance, if you're selling beauty products, sign up for some of these big companies like Sephora, or maybe there's like Clinique emails, or maybe there's some other brands that you can think about. Or maybe if you're selling iPhone covers, go and sign up for a couple of these big companies that do really great iPhone covers. Whatever your business is, go and sign up for their emails and have a look at what they're sending especially these big companies, they do this on a regular basis. And when you look at their emails, you can still sell your product without being overly promotional. There is, again, a very fine line in this area. So if you have a look at their emails, while they might be saying buy this, what they're actually doing is 
triggering an emotion in you about making you feel good or making you yeah, feel something. Fabletics does this really well. Now, Fabletics, if you're selling anything around that health and fitness, Fabletics is definitely a company you should look at their emails because that is run by a huge, huge, it's Katie Hudson. So she's got a lot of money behind this company. And those sort of companies spend a lot of money on testing, trying out different things. So they're the ones that you should be looking to to say, okay, well, how are they doing it? Now, Again, there is a fine line. Some of these big companies are doing it really badly. Some of them are doing it really well, but go and take a look and start to piece things together. And this is where it's good to get advice from someone who can actually tell you what you should be looking for. So my advice to you is sign up for something that is a big company and at least take a look at the way they're doing it. So be promotional, but don't be promotional in a promotional way. Be promotional in an emotional way. So you're targeting people based on their emotions, how they feel, what they want to feel like, what they want to look like, how they want to do something, what makes them feel special, what makes them feel like a better person, whatever it might be, and get your story across in that way. Number 11 is slightly on the same topic, and that's Writing emails that are void of personality. Some people write these emails and they just have no personality at all. They're not even being promotional. They're just very robotic. So when you write an email, write an email as if you're talking to the person, if they were in front of you, if it's a group of people in front of you or one person in front of you. So that way you can write an email in a much more personalized way. Number 12 and 13, emails that contain too many or no call to action. This is so important. So the perfect number is one. You should have one call to action in every email. There's always going to be a way to break those rules. So sometimes you might have more, but generally speaking, one call to action is just a really good way to write your emails. It saves you time. It saves you from having to overthink it as well. It saves you from becoming overwhelmed with too much work. So if you can put one call to action in every email, you're on a really good path there. So for instance, you might write an email. Let's talk about my client, Karen, for a second, the one that I gave the um, free session to. She might be in a situation where she writes a blog post about, let's say, toothbrushes. She's got bamboo handle toothbrushes. She could do an article that is top 10 reasons why bamboo toothbrushes are the best. She can do an email, top 10 reasons why bamboo toothbrushes are the best. She can put the first three items there of the bamboo toothbrush and then have a big read more here button underneath it. And then that's her one call to action. Read more here. You go to the blog post and in the blog post can be a buy now button for the bamboo toothbrushes or in the email. She could actually have a second call to action button and that one can say, or buy the bamboo toothbrushes now. So now you've added two call to action buttons inside one email, but they are very similar. So it's talking about a bamboo toothbrush. And now we're talking about about buying it or reading more about it. Some people would have read the first three and gone, right, I want the toothbrush, I'm going to go and buy it. Other people might say, hey, I want to know more about this tooth. Either of those ways of writing an email is fine. Don't overthink it because once you sit there and you start overthinking and analyzing, oh, maybe I'll do it this way, maybe I'll do it this way, you end up not taking any action. So I don't want you to overthink things like that. However, in that email, let's say, for instance, she's got top 10 reasons to buy a bamboo toothbrush and she has a read more button. You wouldn't put a button straight under that that says another thing she's got is bin liners. You wouldn't have a buy bin liners here. That would be a little bit weird and toothbrushes to bin liners or dog 
she's got something like dog poo bin liners, something bags or something like that. I'm just remembering what she had on the side. That would then be weird as well. So keep it in line. And by having an email, the simplest way is a blog post with a read more button and a buy now button. And that's just a really simple way to write an email fast, snappy to the point and gets people to your website. They either want to know about toothbrushes or they don't. If they don't want to know about them, that's fine. They'll keep looking for the next email that might have a different topic in there that they're uh, wanting to read about. Don't overthink it. Number 14, this is a huge, huge, huge one for me. This is one that I think so many people let themselves down on and I'm just amazed amazed how many people miss out on this and this could actually be three mistakes all separate but I'm going to put them together I just really want to emphasize that this is one of the ones that I really think a lot of people let themselves down on is not having trust icons not having customer service phone numbers and not having reviews inside their emails I think every single email, especially as you're growing your business, should have all of these. And there's actually one of the guys who's in our Facebook group, can't remember the name of his business. He's got a face mask, Dead Sea face mask, something boy. I can't remember the exact name, but he put a message in our Facebook group and he asked me some questions about his emails. He signed up for the email challenge and I decided to go and sign up for his email to have a look. And I saw some of the emails coming through to my actual personal email. And I love his emails. He's doing such a good job. Come into the Facebook group and have a look through the chat comments in there. And he's actually doing a brilliant job with his emails. And this is one area that he does really well is he puts the reviews in there. He's got the trust symbols in there. He's got the information in there to help people understand that his brand is actually worthy of what he's selling. So everyone should be doing this. And by putting into your emails each time, putting something different in there. So you can either have like a set area that you put it in near your footer, for example, but changing your reviews every single email or having a couple that you scroll through is a really good way of doing it. So just having on the side, whether it's um, screenshotting a couple of reviews, I just do a screenshot of my screen and then I use that as an image on the actual email and just show a couple of the reviews in there. By showing a review with the star symbols and the person's name and like a real review layout just makes it really emphasize that's a review. So screenshotting three reviews and putting it into an email and putting it, you know, in different places halfway through near the bottom. Maybe sometimes you just put one review in there. Sometimes you put three, sometimes you put six. Change it around, but always change the reviews because watches someone's eye today might capture someone else's eye a different day or someone else might capture their eye on a different review. So make sure you change up your reviews and keep them general to your list. So don't keep on talking about one particular product if your list is mainly buying something else or buying more general items. Customer service options, putting in your email saying we are available on customer service 24 hours 7 or five days a week, whatever it might be. So someone's looking at your email and just like an abandoned cart email that I talk about, you want to really have an abandoned cart emails, buy this product and then see the customer service information. But you should have that in your normal emails as well. So someone's looking at this email. Let's talk about Karen again. There's the email that says top 10 reasons to buy bamboo handle toothbrush. And here's three reasons. Here's a read more button. Underneath the read more button is a buy now button. And then underneath that is three reviews about bamboo toothbrushes. And underneath that is we offer a 100 day money back guarantee or a 30 day money back guarantee. 
And then your trust icons of guaranteed next day of delivery, or it might be 100% organic is your icon, whatever that might be. Now that is going to get people going, oh, okay, then interesting. Toothbrush has all these great points or oh, interesting. I can read more. Oh, okay. I can buy now, or there might be a discount code for the buy now. And then there's, oh, customer service. Oh yeah. They've got refund guarantees. And there's some reviews. Oh wow. There's some reviews of people that love the toothbrush. That is a great email. That is how a great email is actually laid out. And by missing out on the opportunity to put trust seals, customer service options and reviews into your emails, you're missing out on a huge potential amount of sales. So rant over. Number 14 is my must, must, must have in all emails. Number 15, emails that don't personalize properly. So this happens quite a lot. And especially a lot of people in e-commerce don't collect the first names. And in an email template, when you set it up, it you can easily have dear first name and that first name will pick up the first name that the person gave you when they gave you their email address. Now, if it's not set up properly, that will actually turn into the word first name. So when you send it out to people, people will actually get an email instead of saying dear Caroline or hi Caroline, it says dear first name and that's terrible. So make sure that you've got that set up properly. Number 16, skipping the testing. Now testing on so many levels, testing an email when you write it, send a test to yourself before you send it out to the masses. Because if you have links broken. I have had this happen before. My team have messed up on this before. It's something that happens. And when it does happen, it's a terrible feeling. So make sure you test your emails. Also test emails when it comes to, if you're sending out an email today, don't keep sending that same email over and over until you have decided if that's the best way to send it. Maybe your subject line needs to be written in a different way and test which one gets more opens. Maybe you should be putting something above or something something below logos too big on a page can be a problem. So making sure that your logo is smaller, testing a smaller logo. So it takes up less room, which means there's more room to see the actual text and what you're actually trying to get across. I see people all the time putting, making their logo so big. And then when people open your email, all they see is a logo and a few words, and they don't get a chance to see what's in the email. So you've missed the potential to get in front of someone straight away. So test these things. Number 17 is not looking at your analytics. What's working? What's not working? How do you know the difference? Like I mentioned at the start of this episode is that Karen is actually getting sales from her emails, but she wasn't aware of just how great the results were because she wasn't looking at her analytics. So you too need to look at your analytics. And I can tell you, Karen's not the only one. I literally have never had one of my clients come to me and say, yeah, I look at those analytics all the time. So you need to be checking on these things and you start to find out what is actually getting you better results. Now, I can say that if you're sending out less than 1000 emails at a time, then your knowledge from your analytics is not going to be perfect. Even at a thousand, it's still not perfect. The more data you have, the better it is, but it does help you get a sense of an idea of what's working and what's not working. So while sending out 500 emails might not be the best analytics that you can get, it's better than not knowing anything at all. So for instance, if you send out an email on a Monday and you find out that you got 12 people that opened it, and then the next week you send the email on the Wednesday and you had 30 people that opened it, my initial assumption would be, hey, maybe Wednesday's better than Monday. So let's work with that and let's see what can happen. 
And this is why another point on that, I don't usually tell people to choose a day of the week straight away until they have tested the different days because some of the data says that Sundays get a better click-through rate, whereas Tuesdays get a better open rate. And at the end of the day, I don't care about open rate. I care about click-through rate. I only want people to click through. I want them to come and look at my store and I want them to buy. So If I'm going to get a better click-through rate, which means more orders on a Sunday, then I'm going to send my emails on a Sunday. And that really depends on your particular business. So analyze what you are doing to find out what's working and what's not working. Number 18 is sending image only emails. So some people have got their settings on their email set to images off. Now, if that happens, that means that your image, your email is going to go out and there's going to be all these little squares on the page and no actual image. And for most people, if they get an email that just looks like a whole lot of images, they're not actually going to care about wondering what those images are. They're just going to go "Mm, delete this, move on. Some people actually don't even realize that their images are turned off, that they just assume that your images are actually broken and they think that's your fault. So having text as well is really important. That way it entices people to think, "Mm, okay, I want to know more about what's there. So having images and text is very important. And another thing, if one of your image links are actually broken, then it could be your fault in the end and not the fact that people have just got their settings turned off. So you do want to make sure that you have text available on that email as well. A mistake that I also see is that people are not using the power of plain text. So there's always an option to say, uh, make this available in plain text. Always have that on. Let people get the email in plain text. Another thing is testing some emails as plain text emails can actually be a very good way to see what's actually working for you and what's not. I actually get some emails from people and they're just plain text. Now, if you want to do that, one recommendation I can say to you is make sure that you write your business name name at the top somewhere because sometimes people might not realize who you are. So putting a message and somewhere saying that this is your business name, trying out plain text, you could end up getting a better open rate because Gmail doesn't see it as spam because a lot of the time people do not add you to your their saved contact list. And you can end up in the spam box. Even if you have been classed as not being junk, you can still end up there. So by making yourself plain text, it can actually make you get more of an open rate because more people see your email. Number 20 is emails being sent inconsistently. This is something that if you've been listening to my podcast, you will know that this was a really big thing with some of my clients. And I'm very much about sending consistent emails, making sure that you're sending out at least one time per week. And when you send them, make sure that, you know, once you've worked out the days, make sure you're doing it on a consistent basis because missing out means that people start to forget who you are. They had another 50 emails emails come through from other companies and you've become back of mind again. So make sure you're consistent with your sending emails. Number 21 is sending too few emails. I've mentioned already, make sure that you're sending emails on a consistent basis and make sure you're sending at least one per week. If you're sending one email per month, you are not getting in front of those people correctly. And it's so important that you're in 
front of mind for them. I use the example about a bikini, I think it's bikini.com or something like that, a website I signed up for years ago and I'd never bought a pair of bikinis off them but this summer just gone, it'd been nearly three years and this summer just gone was the first time I'd been opening these emails, I'd sort of like ignored a lot of them, not opened some of them and if they had stopped sending me emails or if they weren't sending them often enough and they do send them at least, I think at least once a week and finally at the start of this summer I thought I need a pair of bikinis so I actually went through and bought a pair of bikinis from their website which I would not have done if they weren't sending me regular emails and it made me go okay I remember this company yes I've seen the emails come through and just because I hadn't bought something in the past didn't mean that I wasn't ready to buy something at some stage. A mistake that I see as well number 22 is not using your unsubscribe link very well. Now not all companies allow for this. If your company does you need to do something with this so I highly recommend what I'm about to tell you to go and check out if your company your email provider allows you to do this. Some of the email providers allow you to have, when someone clicks on unsubscribe, you have an option to change that page. If you have an option to change that page, change it. On that page, you might have a last second offer or you might have a, are you really sure you want to unsubscribe with a nice photo or there's so many different things you can do there. You can offer people to come back to your website, maybe give them a discount code. But if you have got the option to turn your unsubscribe page into something more than just the standard unsubscribe page, you can actually have the potential to get a lot more people buying stuff from you, staying on your list and things like that. So please check out if your provider has the option to make any special adjustments to that page. Mistake number 23 is email messages that overlap one another. So there's times when I have gotten emails from other companies where I literally get three emails in a day and all of them are slightly different, but they all come from the same company. So be very careful that this is not coming, this is not happening in your business. This can happen when you segment people down to specific segmentations and then you can start to have too many overlaps. So just be very careful that these things don't happen in your email list. So for instance, you might have one email list that is people that sign up only for the women's email. And then you might have another email that says only people who sign up for the denim list. And then you have another email that says only people who want to know about sales. Now you've got three different lists and you might decide to send three different emails, but in those emails you say people that are on the women's list. And then the next email is going to the one for denim and the next one's going for people for the sales. They're all different emails, but they end up going to the same people. So when you're doing that, you have to send the emails, for example, I want to send this to the people that are on the women's list, but if they're also on the sales list and the denim list, don't let them get that email. Or if they're on the sale list and they're on the women's list and the denim list, then don't let them get this email. So you can actually, when you do your segmentation, you can say not including these people when you send the email. Another mistake I see, number 24, is sending emails for too long a period where they're not opening the email and then you end up, you can easily end up on a spam list. Now you can end up on an email spam list for a number of reasons, but this is one of the ways that you can end up going into the spam filter. If you continue to send emails to the same person and they're just not opening for a long period of time, What's the time period? No one knows what the time period is. It could be a week, it could be 10 weeks, it could be 10 years. We 
all the different systems do something different. But let's say, for instance, you send an email to someone for three months and they haven't bothered to open any of your emails for three months. You could continue to send emails, um, but then what might happen is you might end up in their spam box, junk box, and not the end of the world, but you don't really want to be there and you might end up there anyway for other reasons. But what you could actually do is you could have an email that you send out once every three or six months that goes out to your list that only to people who have not opened an email for X amount of time. And then you can send them an email with a headline, the subject line, something along the lines of last chance to open this email or open to stay on the list, something like that. If they don't open it still, then you can put them into the unsubscribe column. You can just unsubscribe them and uh, stop sending them emails, for example. Some people get worried about this because they think, oh, the more people on my list, the better. But what that does is actually brings down your overall open and click-through rate by having them there. So see it as a good thing by taking them off the list. So every three to six months, you should clean out your list and just say, okay, I had a thousand people on my list, but now I only have 500 or I only have 800 and see it as a good thing of people are just naturally self-selecting themselves to leave your list. So then your open rate actually then looks even better. So it's actually a great thing to do this in your business. Now, number 25 is one that I want you to really understand where I'm coming from with this one, because this is super important. But the first thing I'm going to say is that I don't want this to be the first thing that you worry about. I want this to become something that you worry about later on down the track once you set starts an inconsistent email. So the first thing that's more important than, than this is sending a consistent weekly email. Once you get that down and you say, okay, I'm sending out a weekly email to all of my list. Then I want you to think about segmenting your list. So the biggest error, one of the biggest errors I see is never segmenting a list. There is so much importance in segmenting a list, but there's also more important in just getting something out there. So send emails, let people know about you. And then once you're ready, you start segmenting your list. And this might mean, like I said before, people that have signed up for the denim list or people that sign up for the male or the female list or people that only look at your products for XYZ and not the other ones. Maybe like the eco sustainable, for example, maybe she can segment based on parts of Australia that she's sending to, or she might want to segment based on the types of products, products for kids, products for adults. You can segment like that as well. It really depends on what you're selling and how you segment your list into different areas. But by doing that, it means that when you sit down weekly to say, what email am I going to send my list today? You can very easily then say, okay, well, I've got three different segments, so I'm going to send each of them a different email. Now, When you're starting out, I don't want you to feel overwhelmed. So sending the same email to everyone is better than sending nothing, but you do want to get onto this as quickly as possible. So some other clients I've been working with recently is UV blocker and they sell an umbrella that blocks the UV sun. Their main audiences are mothers. They've got another audience of uh, people that have had skin cancer. They have another audience of people with lupus. And then they've just got people over the age of 50 that want to stay out of the sun. So they've got these four audiences. That should be their segmentations. And on top of that, 
they sell to the Northern Hemisphere and the Southern Hemisphere. So segmenting to uh, Australia and the rest of the world is also important because in Australia, I don't want to be getting an email in June saying summertime, time to buy your umbrella. And I'm thinking, no, it's not summertime. It's wintertime here. So segmenting can be very, very powerful and is very, very powerful and can make a huge difference to your sales. So you make sure you do it. But the first thing I want you to do is get consistent in at least sending one email a week. Number 26, emails that don't follow customer behavior. So this is part of segmentation and it takes it to the next level. So let's say, for instance, we've got talk about Karen and eco-sustainable. So she's got toothbrushes. She has kitchen bin liners. She has products for babies and she's got home washing detergents. She's got other products as well. So if someone is only coming to her buy at her website to always buy the same washing powders, and if I started sending her emails about dog poo bags, or if I started sending her emails about children's products, then that's not following the customer behavior because the customer behavior is saying washing products are the most important. So the next thing I would send that person would be sending them something about kitchen dishwashing detergents. And then I might send them things about shampoos and you can move people through the customer journey experience and get them onto other products. But just think about that behavior. What is the behavior of that particular person? So if I've got someone that's buying something for their pets, I'm not going to be sending them something about children because they might not have children. You might offend them. They might be too old to have children. They might not be able to have children. Their husband might have just had an argument with them like you're not, you know, we're not never going to have children. And then suddenly you're sending them things about babies. That's that can actually get, you know, in the way of you and what you're actually trying to get across as your message. So if you're sending them things about animals, keep sending them things about animals and maybe think of some broader products. Like what are some broader things that you can send them that are not going to offend them in any way? Maybe you send them something about some other homeware stuff, some other items that you can send them to move them through the journey. But really think about the customer behavior and what they are doing on your website. The great thing is when you use OmniSend and you have someone in your email list, you can then say if someone has been to XYZ page, we can then send them an email based on that. That is their behavior. So they buy something for their dog and then you can say the people who have bought something for their dog we are now going to send them an email about dog products. If they then visit a product about children's items, we are then going to be able to send them an email about children's items. And if they don't visit the page about children's items, then we're going to send them an email about kitchen products, for example. So follow the customer behavior. It's very important that you understand what your customer want and you're more likely to get more sales. Number 27 is, this is such a pet peeve of mine. I cannot explain to you how often this has happened to me. It's not that often, but when it does, it drives me insane. And I know what I do now is I just click on junk. If I get an email from someone and I click on the unsubscribe link and it sends me to a page where I have to log in somewhere to unsubscribe, it drives me insane. I now just go, I'm just sending it straight to junk. I don't care. And that email will come through a few more times. I send it to junk or I go into my email setup. 
can't even think what it's called, where you go in and I just say any email that comes from this person from now on, just send it straight to junk for me. And I don't even want to know about them. They might be sending me the best email in the world, but I don't care anymore. So logging into unsubscribe is a terrible, terrible thing to ask people to do. If they're unsubscribing, they probably don't remember their username and password. They don't want to go and look for it. Just let them unsubscribe. Like you putting that barrier in front of them is not making your relationship with them any better at all. It's just annoying them. Number 28, I've touched on it earlier and I'm going to say it again, making your logo too big on your page, on your email. I have to bring up this with clients all the time. I have so many clients and they show me their emails and I'm like, whoa, you think it's all about your email? I mentioned it before. The email should be about serving the customer, not about your product. And the same goes with not about your brand. It's about how you can help the customer and your logo is not it. So of course you want people to know where the email came from. Make sure you have a logo there, but don't make it take up the first half of a page. So what I recommend is you set up your email template with your logo, send yourself an email as a test, check it in your phone and see how it comes up on your phone. If on your phone, all you see on your email is a logo, your first couple of lines of text, and that's it, it's way too big. Make the logo the smallest you can make it while you can still read it. That is my advice. There's always ways to break boundaries, but I honestly believe that your logo should be the smallest size possible it can be in an email, while you can still read what the logo says or you can still understand the detail to the logo. The smaller, the better, because the smaller your logo, the more chance of someone has to see more of your email before they have to scroll. If people can read more, more of your email before they scroll, whether it's see the pictures or whether it's read something, they're more likely to take an interest and have something jump out at them than if they don't see all of that text. So logo too big is a massive, massive mistake. Number 29 is being boring. Boring emails. This is the same as no personality. Just please write something that's interesting. Be funny. Tell a story. Tell people about your day. I don't care if you have your pet dog that becomes part of your brand and you talk about your dog's journey and how your dog is part of your business brand every day. But don't be boring because people going through their lives and you're not the center of their universe. You need to jump out and get their attention. So make sure you're not boring. The next thing, the last one that I can give you advice on is not sending email. That's probably up there with number 14. Number 30 is people who do not send email. I can't begin to tell you. It's just like I said at the very beginning. If you think you're waiting to send emails, then you're on the wrong track. If you think that not sending emails at all is not that big a deal, you're completely on the wrong track. Emails have got such huge potential to make you a lot of money. And the more emails you send, the more chance you have of uh, making sales. People need on average 14 touch points with your business before they purchase. Now that's on average. Some people need 30. In the case of those bikinis, I needed about 60, not because I needed more touch points. It just wasn't the time for me. And for other people, it's just not uh, enough information yet. There's different reasons why people actually end up taking action and buying. So by not sending emails at all, you are 
definitely missing out on sales. So that is mistake number 30. And I can tell you, you need to start with that. Send emails, go through this list again, make sure you're not making any of these mistakes and just take action. Sign up for my seven day email challenge. It's completely free. Sign up and it'll be the link in the description here. Sign up and start sending emails. Once you start sending emails, jump into our Facebook group, tell us about it. Like one of the clients I spoke about, tell us about your business and let us have a look at it. I'll go and have a look and I'll tell you exactly what I think. I'll tell you if I think you need help. I'll tell you what mistakes you're making and just start sending emails because I guarantee you will get sales once you start sending emails. So that's it for today. Have a wonderful day. And until next week, keep smiling. Thanks for listening to the Winning with Shopify podcast. Join the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash winning with Shopify and get our show notes at justaskparker.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And as a listener, get 20% off at justaskparker.com by using the code podcast.